a great Heavenly Father, um, we come before you humbly, but we come before you because you've spoken to our hearts at some time in the past, and we've responded, and we loved that experience that we had. Now, sometimes, Lord, that experience is current and ongoing and vibrant, and other times it's something of a memory. But, Lord, we do have that point of reference. Lord, we want to either be there and continually or to return there where we once were. And, Lord, it's not only for us. It's for our classes. We've been given this privilege and responsibility to, to promulgate and to encourage, to, to role model, to cause cognitive dissonance between where they are now and where they need to be. Lord, they're giving us some of their time. Help us to use their time wisely and to not disappoint them. But Lord, we know we will, from time to time, disappoint our class members. But Lord, we turn it over to you and we ask your Holy Spirit to pick up where we fail and fall off or are totally oblivious to the needs of our class. Let us not be complacent, be willing to grow and to seek. And we know that the people that are in this class and who are getting this recording care enough, are, are convicted enough to do something about it. And we praise you that you will see this through the kingdom and we will be able to see some of our classmates walking with us and visiting with us throughout all of eternity. And so, dear Lord, do your wondrous work in us because here we are. Use us. And so, dear Lord, we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Practical show and tell. Janet uh, Walker over here last week, uh, yesterday, uh, shared with us uh, different learning styles that she's using in her class. And I want to share with you, as we're talking about I said, where did you learn to do this? And she, she basically told me she didn't have any training. She just, I think you just love the people and you, want, you knew what needed to be done. Am I correct? She's nodding her head. And, uh, and I just want to ask you, and she's got more ideas, and I want her to put those together, and we're going to put that someplace so other people can delve in. They can use that as a benchmark that they can uh, share. But of other people besides Janet, I want you to think about yesterday. Do you remember, what are some of the things that she shared that you say, that was, that was good? Oh, we, always, we always talk about going out of a picnic. So the picnic. You know, we've talked about that in our Santa school. You know, perhaps, you know, combining the two where, we, okay, we'd go somewhere to a picnic area, the park, have a picnic, or, or do our Sabbath do school, a picnic. and have the picnic there as our Sabbath meal. Uh, and that touches with fellowship, right? Right, right. 
But she, she integrated something that was unique is she brought the spiritual, not only was she doing fellowship and she was using tactile processes, you know, engaging the tactile learner, but she was, she also brought the spiritual side. That's a beautiful side. It had a purpose, not only just to engage the learner, but to grow the learner in the method that they understand. What other things did she talk about, do you remember? You're going to have to come, we're going to have to do a retest or something. She brought the plan in. See, that, that helped stir the memory. She brought a plan in. And what was the theme on the plant? What's that? Gardening. That she used the gardening program. So she, under each plant, she had the, the the spiritual theme or the point that she had throughout the day. So I just really, uh, what activities could you use like this in your Sabbath school class? Superintendent West Branch. Marlene Searclaus. Marlene. She has uh, cards. Cards. We do, uh, what, I want to say what she calls it. Uh, she gives out cards. And there's, you have to match up your card with somebody else. Like it'll be either fruit or vegetables. Like, okay, you, you drew the carrot card, so then. Draw the car carrot card. Find the other person with the carrot card. So th that's who you share. Sometimes it'll be a childhood experience with the Lord or just some memory. So one way to, to, to integrate fellowship and, and it, it's, it's communication. And you know who you're going to draw. And, it, and it, it helps. So that's how you get people... To, to engage with these, you have the per, two people have carrot cards, and so they have to get together and they have to do an activity. And then oftentimes we'll have uh, what we call our prayer circles. Prayer right circle. After that, and then usually you stay with that same person that maybe you didn't pray with ever before. Oh, so you do an activity with them and you pray with them, and so you're building building relationships and and relationships. You, you never had before. Right. And we're going to talk about that today in our fellowship. In fact, why not even take that point right now? I was talking to one of the members of our class after the meeting this morning, and I said, you know, some of the things I'm teaching here applies to us, to, to our class, and we need to do, do more. And uh, we were saying, the, talking about fellowship, we were saying there's members in our class we barely know their names. Is that I'm talking about back home. Talk about back home. Somebody who's probably been in the class for years and years and years who doesn't speak up very much. That is a room for improvement. One thing we have, he did mention, is is that we did notice that she reads well. She doesn't like to communicate. She doesn't like to to volunteer information, but she's a good reader. 
So a, a good teacher can include people in the style or in their comfort level. Sometimes we want to take people out of their comfort level, but sometimes it's, you don't need to take them out of their comfort level. Take their strength where, where they're at, with their fellowship there. So um, what activities might you use in your class? Now I'm going to try to use another teaching method, which was the questioning. Is that a convergent question or is that a divergent question? This one, what activity might you, what activity or activities might you do in your class? Is that a convergent question or is that a divergent? Well, think about it. Do I have a specific answer? No. It sounds like it's a, a convergent, but it's, it's divergent because there is no right answer. You have your own answer. It diverges from, it doesn't say, um, what did a, a convergent question would be? What was uh, Janet's first presentation of of her activity in class? And that was the picnic. That is a convert. If there's only one right answer, a divergent question is say, what were all the activities? What were the activities she talked about yesterday? It it converges a little bit, but it basically diverges in saying. She, she did the flower one, she did this one, she did this one, she did, it's, it's more than one answer. And so what activity, that's a singular form, but it's really, uh, it could be what activities might you use in your Sabbath school class. And so in Jim Barclay's class, he's coming up with one answer. And Jack, he's thinking about him, what might apply to his class, and they aren't necessarily the same. So that's diverging. Does that make sense? That's where you go back and reteach a concept that maybe wasn't nailed down real good, and that's uh, my responsibility to follow up on it. The next question, how soon will you do that? So we, you say, oh, we really should do that, but does that day ever come, unless you set a date for it? So what if you do this? Why, what, and this is, why don't you set a time that you will accomplish an activity like Janet suggested, a tactile project in your class? So you say to yourself, We're going to have a picnic before the snow flies. That's right. You've got a deadline. You've got a deadline. So you. Oh, that's a exactly. Now, I, now, I'm going to ask Jack this question. Is that a convergent qu uh, question or is that a divergent question? This one? Yes. But, but if, if, will Jim's date be the same date as your date? No. No, that's, that's diverging. But you could narrow it down. Maybe that's a way to get some input, and then to narrow it down to a date. And we might be, Joe, both be right. It may be converging because you're getting specific, but you're diverging. Okay. You have, a di you have more than one answer. You have more than one answer. Yes? Sometimes the fact that uh, your teachers set up for each lesson, they have suggestions for different activities. They have different activities in the back of your Sabbath School Teacher's Guide. Not always, but sometimes. Yeah. And uh, sometimes 
well work out with the classes you have. And sometimes you don't. Right. Uh, but uh, you're there. And depending on what the lesson material is, I always try to get through the lesson. And then I have certain things that I'd like to do. He likes to get to. And what's what's your name again? You're from Reed City. Ray Welch. Ray Welch. Ray was saying that uh, he likes to get through the lesson, but the point he's saying is there's questions at the end, and some of those might be divergent questions. Jack had a follow up to that. How do you get through the lesson? Jack doesn't fall day by day. Which, which day do you want to cover first? Mm -hmm. The question of problem. And then from there, we'll, when I do try to touch on all the high points of it, talks on the high point. I get about three, maybe four days. And that's exactly he gets about three or four days of questions. You know what? When we had this list that we put the different questions we want to talk about on Friday, we're going to add that one to the list, okay? In fact, I reviewed that list this morning, and I may even talk to you just to refresh your memory on what the... In fact, the questions are right here. So now, now sometimes the discussions that get going will actually lead into some of the other days, and you kind of have to key on that and go ahead and bring and, that in. So that way, while you're discussing the one, you're actually getting into the other and sometimes it leads. that up. Sometimes it leads. Some, sometimes you want to go there to that that divergent thing that hits a later and thing. And sometimes you say, Jack, we need to talk about that on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> What's and 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 also, if Jack, here's another thing: is if uh, if a question is taking too long, you say, let's come back to that. And who who is the leader? The teacher's the leader. Yes. Yes. Let me have your name. Gail. Gail, what's your last name? Maycumber. Maycumber. Okay, Gail, you used to be at Cadillac, right? Yes. That was a long time ago. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We're in Cadillac now, so. Yes. yes. Okay. 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 Oh, okay. That, that. Okay. Um, sometimes people hijack the class. Absolutely. Have you talked about that in here? We haven't. You know, I'll tell you what, uh, somebody's got to take Kim's place. She's not here today. So somebody needs to write this. Will you write this down? What to do with that? Just write those You're those two questions. Me, huh? Yeah, <laughs> take those things. Who hijacking the class? Yeah. And what was the? How do you get through the sab school lesson? Okay, one is you divert their attention at a certain point. <laughs> how? Uh, what do you need to do to um, to uh, get these different learning styles to hit those different categories of people? in your class. That's a question for you to think about before you leave here. If you don't think about it before you leave, you probably will not do it. So you need to make a commitment to yourself, make a decision how you're going to implement these, these teaching methods 
before you leave because it's, it's almost too late by the time you get there. You gotta make the decision here. You implement it maybe there, back home, but you need to make that decision here. And so, um, Janet, would you be so kind as to give your contact information? What's the telephone number people can call you if they want some more information? 517? 517-449-9177. So let's have that again. 517-449-9177. This is Janet Walker, and she has very active, engaging multi-sensory Sabbath school preliminary programs. One of the resources that she uses, and we'll talk about this, about um, how to prepare for teaching. Over at the ABC, she mentioned this yesterday. They have Dorothy Watts' books, and uh, it's in the middle of the ABC. You can get it the rest of the year if you're not there. But... uh, Janet confirmed that these are the books. They were written a number of years ago. They tend to be longer programs. We tend to have shorter programs today, but uh, these are good seed thoughts. And Dorothy Watts' book, um, this kind of um, stimulated the thought pattern for for Janet, and she's gone way beyond them. She's made them very uh, straightforward, um, delightful, I think that they're light enough that you, you enjoy, they're delightful. When I hear you describe it, they're delightful, but they, ha- they're, they're, they have substance and purpose and to a goal. Just reviewing what we've done so far, you've got to have vision and leadership for your class, you, the power of a question. And you, even as I got out of the habit of using questions, and this te- now that I'm teaching this class, I am now trying, you, you notice you see, catch, caught me, I've taken statements I've even had up here, and I turned them into questions on the fly. We get in the habit of making statements, and you have to train yourself to use the you know, power of the question. You, when you're witnessing the people that are when you're witnessing? from a different denomination, if they want to get try to engage you in a debate, De- if you just keep asking questions like, Okay, where do you find that? When somebody's combative or in a religious situation particularly, a a question is, it moves the conversation along without being offensive or raising unnecessary. We are going to rile feathers just because of these two concepts are mutually exclusive. People don't have the knowledge we have and they're going by man's tradition. But can we lead them to to the truth in a winsome non-offensive, unnecessarily offensive way. Right. And Jim, thank you just for... Just by asking questions. Question. Instead of trying to make a statement or get into a debate. Instead of getting into a debate. And I, what I, I hope that you, if nothing else you took away, is the power of a question. You literally can run your life almost on questions. Your teaching experience... If you were... And as you look back, if you were parents, you think about uh, what unnecessary confrontations did you have with your children? And as your adult children, you need to even do more so the questions rather than making statements, declarative statements. 
saying, how's that working for you? <laughs> you know, what else might you consider? See what the power of a question, what a wonderful thing. I don't know why we use anything. In fact, God uses questions. Where are you, Adam? Did he know where, where Adam and Eve were? Oh, yeah. Who was the question for? It was Adam and Eve. It wasn't, wasn't, for, for, uh, wasn't for God. Different ways of teaching. That's what we had up here. We looked at the different generations. I'm going to go over that real quickly. Listening. Questions and listening. If you, if those, which is the most important thing we've talked about this week? It's hard to say, but listening ranks right up there. We talked about that yesterday. Today we're talking about fellowship. After the closing prayer, is is Sabbath school, are you just teaching the lesson is, this, is the title this time, but it, um, the title we had four years ago is the same thing. Is, is, it, um, is it more than, uh, I forget what my title was. Then we're going to talk, we'll have a summary tomorrow and talk about the superintendents and teachers' roles. The three goals of Sabbath school, which is over there, Bible study and prayer, faith, it's all one, it's spiritual development, fellowship, which is our topic today, and missions, and uh, we talked about there's, the missions has been combined into one goal, and that is community, and let me share with you, I'd like to give you an assignment at this point, so I want you to think about this, for tomorrow's class, what are three ideas that you have, and that, will, that actually addresses one of the questions that we had uh, from the class. Your assignment for Friday is bring three ideas how to have missions, local missions, missions in your community. I'd like you to give some thought about this. I don't want you to come cold and say, you didn't tell me, you didn't ask me. World missions, some questions to ask yourself. What role does the mission story have? In fact, let's pause right now. And that's one of the questions that came up in our class, and we're going to answer it right now. The question, they made a statement, they made a, well, their question was, is the mission story, do we, have to, do we need to do anything besides the mission story for world missions? Are we done? Have we checked that off our list? Once we've read the mission story, do we have any other responsibility for missions in the goals of Sav School? Well, do people really get the gist of what the mission story is? Do people re really get the gist of the lesson story? Uh, the reason I ask is, uh, you know, you hear them read, you read it. You read it? And you understand, or you see the mission spotlight. You hear it. See the spotlight. What is your role? Yeah, you're not doing it. You're but not a missionary. I can't be over there. What can I do? What can I do? How to support missions? Yes, I'm listening. And then financially. Financially and and prayer, right? Yeah, prayer first, and then financial. Prayer and financial. How else can I support oh. them? Besides those two. Because I physically, I can't physically be there. So Jack says you can't physically. What, what is the rest of the class? What, what do you Unless think, Jack? there was a, you know, maybe produce some flyers. 
suppliers. Well, that particular mission and post them with other churches. Post them with other the churches. Uh, so that other people get involved. Maybe contributing to that mission also. Could you help uh, help increase the uh, mi how, mission givings? If you look at it over the years, has declined as a percentage of our income. Because we don't tell people what it's for. Okay, we don't tell people it's for. And, you know, when you had the mission spot, you know, the story of the spotlight here, we have both. people get some idea of what. Now this is what you're. So they they get an awareness. Yeah, of where to go. You know, and when you when you have your mission stories, usually there is a maybe an address or an organization that the one that sticks in my mind is the water wells. Okay, water that, wells. And where in the world they were doing them? Maybe it was India or maybe in uh, South America. Well, uh, it was fabulous. What so, so I think what I heard Jim saying is is that, uh, and what I'm hearing Jack saying, if I can put it together, not only just read the story, but remind people of, uh, we have an offering that almost every week, remind them what the purpose of the offering is and uh, who it's going to this week. What I did often when I did the preliminaries is I put that map, not only did I you can refer to it on the back of their quarterly, but uh, I projected it up on the screen and you talk about it and such. Yes, Janet. We use the banks. Use the banks? Yes. They, do you still we have banks? We provide banks and we just got them since I've been in and um, hand them out to our members, those who want them. Sab School Mission Banks. Yes, the 13 Sabbath 13 offering, Sa banks. offering Banks. Where did you get those from? It was in our quarterly, I think. What and do I, the banks look like? What do the banks look like? They're a round tall bank. They come flat and you just put them together. So they're like a paper and then you... Yeah, it's and, in, yeah like we used to have years ago. And you, you send know. them home with the people? Yes. And, and she sends them home to you? Home with their yes, and we ask them to we remind them that, you know, <clears throat> do you have a bank? We'll ask them several different times during the quarter. We will um, remind them, you know, when it's time to bring them in, because if they're not going to be there 13th Sabbath, they can bring it in the week. So, or so they remind them about the bank. Now, I got this brings up a couple questions: Is how did we all miss that, <laughs> and how did you find that, Janet? Where where did you find this at? You know what I'm seeing is that she is looking for this stuff. Oh, yes, because I thought it it builds the offering. Our banks come in with eighty dollars in. It takes me all the Sabbath school lesson to count the money with the secretary. Her bank, uh, she gets eighty dollars for for right, mission. We've not had anything under forty, and we. Are you talking about once a quarter? Once a quarter, that, that yeah. Thirteen weeks. We you have even if it's only four or five people, and more and more people are taking the banks, and our mission offering is going way up. So her mission offerings are going now. Where in the where where is this that we're we're missing this? Is this in the teachers' helps or? I made a, a, I found these banks somewhere, and they were cheap, and I picked them up. They were in the shape of a book, and I used them for investments. We gave them to all the members for investment. 
So you can find banks, and you probably can even find them at the dollar store yeah, too. But yeah, but she said, yeah. But you don't want them too small. That's the thing. Because you, you don't want to limit the size. I have, I have a too small. That I cut the top off, and the thirteenth Sabbath offering when they're there on Sabbath morning is taken up in the sanctuary into the globe. Okay. Oh, so that is a good idea. So and the globe they bring their their offerings and put into a larger globe. The, well, the, not the Samson. banks. That it would be way too much. Okay. But, you know, on Sabbath morning, if you didn't take a bank and aren't bringing in that, or, you know, you come forward and put it in, we do that up So front. we've got some ideas here, Janet. You're going to have to show me exactly where. where I will try to. She, she'll bring that soon, or we'll put it on our, our website or whatever. We'll com That's why we have. Do you have are you on the email list? Um, I put my email on Okay, good, good, good. Okay. So we've definitely touched, Jack, you've, you've, you've opened up a Pandora's box here. But, you know, I, uh, that brings me to another point. Oh, I, uh, oh, wait. Yes, Janet. I also shared with you this morning that I have somebody during the superintendent's remarks once a month give a report on the country that our mission offerings are going to, to just promote missions. Has, has them do research on it. Yes. Above and beyond what's in the, in the lesson study or the Sab School mission story. And, and talk about animals that are there, you know, different, just whatever comes to them. They make it up. It would be like I would ask you to do it, you know, and I would ask you to do one week and you another week. I mean, and there are several different countries involved in this. Right. So I usually do one each month. That is a really good idea. She's just full of them. She, yeah. and, and you know what's interesting is, and I shared what she, I resonated. This is what I heard her say. She doesn't like to be up front. And so she gets other people to do that. So her, her personality says, I want to be in the background. But she, her pers she doesn't let her, that stop her from, from making an awesome program. In fact, if I could call it your weakness, or is it your preferred personality, your comfort level causes you to include, instead of being at a negative and say, I'm not going to do anything, I'm not an upfront person, you actually include more people than the person who feels comfortable up front. So she just has, she has a learning mindset. She has uh, plastic. She's, she's thinking all the time. And, and you need to share this wonderful ideas with other people. I also, in the foyer once a month, try to one of the countries out there with it it might be just a child from that country that I borrowed from the beginners classroom. Yeah. You know, it might be just a map of that country, something to draw them to missions when they walk in the church. So you're like a bulletin board or a three dimensional yeah. thing? Yeah, whatever it is. And, and what the other resources I want to share with you, I went on the North American Division, went on the North American Division of Seventh-day Adventist website just, just at 9 o'clock this morning, and I said, looked up uh, adult ministries. That's the very first thing on the list, adult ministries, and under that is personal ministries and Sabbath school, and there's all these resources here. In fact, they have, they have web thing, the web, um, in fact, we had this guy, he's the same guy, Alfred Johnson, uh, Elder Johnson, he, uh, he's got a little uh, message here, my internet's, 
his little music there, but he introduces what... Just to give you a and the toolboxes, yes. And then he has slideshows and they have videos. There's just a whole bunch, and this is literally this is on my web. It's the high calling of the Sabbath school teacher. We're asking about resources, understanding your Bible, a core skills and Sabbath school training. Um, how to interpret the Bible and Ellen White's writings. And uh, they, in 2013, um, he was promoting this. And he a- actually did a phone conversation that we shared in our class. I don't know if you remember that or not. But we, we had him on the phone and we talked with him about that. So big, big story. A lot of things that we can do here. Remember, you're the change agent. You, you're working for eternity, not just today. You assist the pastor. You're the first responders. You're the role model for your, your, how you study your Bible, how you relate to this. Uh, if you, if you're, good, you're either your role model, the question is, are you a good one or a bad one? A counselor, you got to have a desire. You got to want to do this. You got to be a good leader. Aaron was a good leader, a bad leader. We talked about vision, direction, backbone, love, and you know when and how to use the rules. And remember, or let's this, is your class, I, this, I changed that from your class should be to the, this, today I changed it. Is your class evangelistic? Are you bringing people to the Lord? Are you growing people? And then this is where that would come in. Uh, we're going to have for the, for the uh, there's going to be an announcement about when the workshops are that we can go to at, at uh, Sabbath morning. Print and online resources. You, uh, we just demonstrated the resources on the North American division. It would take you a while to consume all those. In fact, uh, this training course that I, I, I'm basing this, this workshop off, this is only half of, of the training resources that, uh, to get certification. We talked about being mentors. So you're a mentor now. Janet is a mentor for how to do Sabbath school programs for us, okay? She's a role model for us. And then you go observe. If you're having trouble with your Sabbath school pro- preliminary programs, I want you to go over to Holt Church one Sabbath morning and observe her doing this. We've got to make sure you're teaching that week because they rotate because uh, it will make a difference on your, your experience if Janet is teaching or not because she's, she's fully engaged. You've got to maintain, you have to prepare. Do you, is preparation just a one-time thing? And in order to main that, the, the intensity, you know, Janet, if you quit where you're at right now, if 10 years from now, you won't be as good. You've got to continue to maintain. You have to continue to grow. You're never going to be, you should never be satisfied. Every time you go through a program, you may teach the same subject. You should never teach it the same way every time. It should be enhanced with new ideas, new teaching methods. And we talked about the power of questions. There's trigger questions. We want to 
questions trigger uh, thought, divergence. We've, we've killed that one. Thought-provoking questions. We talk about convergent questions, divergence. These words, use these, these questions. How? That gets a, a, pe more people involved. You should get a divergence of opinion there. What if? That encourages speculation. Some people are very, very black and white. They, um, they do everything the same way all the time, and you actually want to derail them from their normal thought pattern a little bit. Should you do that? That gets the moral and ethical questions. Which one helps them to actually bring it back in and get some come up to a decision? And why? That causes cause and effect thought pattern. We talk about the different ways to teach the, to the generations, the, the different learning styles. I think we've killed that one too. And the intelligences and strengths. There's visual, auditory, tactile. I'm going to skip over that one. The multiple intelligences. Visual, they like pictures. People like words. People who like numbers and logic. People who like, uh, like kinesthetic and like to do activities, go outside, do picnics. Rhythm and music. People who have good interpersonal relations, they like things that are interpersonal, not as much intellectual. And environmental nature and the big questions, the deep questions, the thought-provoking. We talked about listening, about mind readers and rehearsal. These are poor listening characteristics, people who just rehearse what they're going to say before they talk to you. Other people don't hear what you say. They only hear what they want to hear. The dreamers who aren't paying attention at all. The identifiers. I can't remember what that one was. Oh, I'm sorry. I go back up. This came from the teachers' convention in Georgia. <laughs> Let's go down to one more. The next one is the comparers. They compare the derailers. Who? That's the people who hijacked your class. They're spars. They just want to argue with you. They're listening to argue. They they just say uh huh uh huh, but they're not. They're they're just placating you. And that came from. Did you get your picture? There you go. want to hijack in areas of they don't believe in the Trinity, you know, and other issues like God is merciful only, there's no judgment. Well, we have some struggles. You know, you know, and those those are such They're very intellectual people. Those are such ones I think that those people almost have to be worked with outside of class. I those and with the pastor. And with yeah. the pastor. If they're yeah. coming to a seventh day Adventist yeah. church and they don't understand the concept. And and if those people Fundamental to believe. And no, if, if. These are leaders in the church. And I'm willing to have them. And I'm willing to be pastor. It's really yeah. a struggle. It's a struggle. Yeah. Make one suggestion is that, yes, I can understand what you You got a lot of autonomy or your thought is that this is something that we really should take up outside class. You should take. How do you say it? How do you say that you're disrupting the 
We're talking about the person who's divergent on a doctrine that is not appropriate for, is not, does not. Yeah, that's going on in the Sabbath school. Well, actually, it's a little bit of an undertone, and every once in a okay. while it comes out. So I'm watching undertone. my Sabbath school teachers that rotate through. I'm the, I'm the superintendent. I'm watching my Sabbath school teachers rotating through, and they're being very careful about what they say because of the dominant personalities in the class mm. that aren't dominant person. online. That aren't in. And, um, not they doctrinally. Don't all the newly baptized. Yeah, newly baptized. Want them here. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, well, the Bible talks about saboteurs. Saboteurs, the People Bible that, does. You know, are bringing false doctrine false into doctor. our church. And those people have to realize that <laughs> yeah. if, if they aren't on board with the 28 fundamentals, then uh, their opinions are not biblical and yeah. shouldn't, you know, like I say, it's something to take up with the pastor, so, not yeah. in Sabbath school class. And we'll, 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 we'll have to address that. You don't want me to hijack your class. That's why I don't want you to hijack my class. Uh, and we talked about why we, why listening, uh, we don't do it, and there's a whole list here. I'll get to the bottom and I'll tell you. Uh, it's hard work. It uh, We ha aren't trained to do it. We're not, um, oops, there it is. Those are the two slides there. We're also, I'm willing to give these slides to you, so we can send it to you that's why you have the email listening is because it requires patience this is a long list discipline time training uh, there you go and then the here's the barrier this is has about uh, 12 items it, the interruptions time pressures multitasking speaker's voice your unfamiliar accent the room temperature the culture, the age, the gender, the uh, noise in the hallway, class, uh, the class or structure, the relationships perceived otherwise, culture, and attitude. And um, listening is not the same as, as hearing, and... Um, it requires practice and learning. This is one I turned into questions yesterday. And it's not de uh, dependent on intelligence. And uh, listening is, a, is an active, act, not a passive. And communication is uh, the responsibility of the speaker and also of the listener. And listening does not mean you're agreeing with them, especially when they're on a divergent uh, theology. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to slip, slip over those because we want to delve into, it's costly. I'll share these all with you later. This is today's top. You're teaching more than the lesson. And uh, why, we're going to have almost all questions throughout this, this part. Why is fellowship important outside of class? Why fellowship outside of class? Builds your relationships. Builds your relationship. Perhaps there's going to come a time when we can't come together, but we're still going to need the support of other believers. So in the future, we'll need. What about now? Why do we want want to have fellowship now? It bonds. It bonds. It bonds. And, and, and bonds. Makes the in class. Uh, makes uh, in class. Interaction. 
more real. More real. More willing. You trust each other. You know these are people you trust. The Wyoming church grew greatly. It was a small church on the uh, southwest corner of of the city of Grand Rapids, the metropolitan area, and there was people that came from Central Church, and they they helped build you know young families and stuff. And they they tell me they did everything together. They they golfed together. They they went camping together. They had vespers together. They went to their kids went to Pathfinders together, and that was some of the best times of the life of that church. And that church grew, and they built a new sanctuary, and and it is what it is today, partially on the shoulders. Even though that was thirty it was it was before my time, almost almost forty years ago, the fellowship of those that church family made that church what it is today. But the sad part about it is that fellowship is not there anymore. Those people have died and in the next generation and it's become multicultural and they aren't interacting with each other. The different cultures, it's wonderful you have multi-ethnic but you, these ethnicities are not, not bonding and blending as, as they did before. What does your Sabbath school how does your Sabbath school class maintain contact during the week? In fact, I think that was one of the questions that came up. How do you do this fellowship between, you only have 75 minutes of Sabbath school, and only 40 to 45 minutes of that is Sabbath school lesson study. How do you maintain that the other 23 hours of the week? So that's a question. Uh, let's, let's, let's talk about that. What about our, uh, we had a classmate here, he, I think he's, they're going to get the CDs of this. What, we keep going back to it. What, what did he, they do in their church? Began with B. Barbecue. Now, I don't know if that's a vegetarian bar- barbecue or not. I didn't go there, but you know what? I love... You can barbecue vegetables. You can, in fact, there are some uh, grilling Grilled, grilled. Uh, I'm not much of an onion, but you grill an onion. I like it a little bit better. Okay, yeah. and you grill, you grill, uh, you grill carrots and vegetable packs and so on and so forth. So that's one thing is do something together, and that I'm speaking to my me and my current class that that we're failing in this particular area. We do nothing between the between Sabbaths. Nothing, absolutely nothing. But that's what we, we, that's where I need to make a commitment before I leave here this week that we're going to do something. Yes, Janet? When I was in the Lansing church, we did something every Okay. Did something. Saturday night game night. You know, bonfire. Bonfire. Whatever. I think. Doubled in size when they did something together. Literally, literally. You had to split your class. Amen. Because when the class gets too large. And what is that? 10, 12? Is that like the maximum amount? Or is you know, it more like 8? You know, here's the thing is, I think some groups can, it's 8 and some are 12. Some people are better meshed and so you, the group can be a little bit larger. But there's kind of a range. That's still a small group. That's still a small group. Yeah, yes, Jack. With class size, 
there's still a certain number of people that are going to class. Yep. Right. There's six people in that class, or there are 30 people. You're still going to get that five to, you know, five, maybe six. So, so what's, we agree with you, Jack. How do you solve that? Or is that a problem? No, I, we keep our class size down. Maybe. You keep the class size down, yeah. To the point of adding an extra class if you need to. Right. But what is that number? Is it eight to 12? 12 is the maximum. They usually, from what I've heard from the, from the conference, from the Sabbath school, Saying add eight is the ideal, grow to twelve. Yeah, and if you get over twelve, then you are really stopped. You're better off to break it up into two groups of six. And, and then that, then I can hear other people saying some of them are here and, and some that are not. We can't get enough teachers. Well, that goes back to our mentoring and our and our superintendents. If you want to have enough superintendents, you're going to have to invest in it. You just can't one time ask them. You have to grow them. This has been my experience, is that I can take just about anybody who's willing to do it. Um, if they're unwilling, I can't do anything with them. But if they're willing, I can train them. And you can train most anybody. So, yeah. Let's, uh, I'll catch your question. What's your question, Gail? I have a question. Okay. I was just, I, an observation is, um, we have the same group for adult status school, and then half of that group in, um, comes for prayer meeting. Okay. And at prayer meeting, half the group goes to prayer meeting. People who will not speak at all in Sabbath school with 12, 15 people, at prayer meeting with six people, with prayer meeting they six people, they volunteer to pray, they volunteer. They're engaged. The point made, really. So I want to tell we really, I hope that you think about this and maybe by tomorrow think about, we'll have some accountability before we leave. This is our last day, is what is your class going to do to maintain contact during the middle of the week? Uh, you might want to have, a, some of you are more techie or whatever, you may have a, uh, maybe you have a conference call. And your class will have a, a, a five-minute, ten-minute devotional once a week at a certain time. I'm just th just saying, you can find objections to that. You say it doesn't work or whatever. But if you don't try something, you don't do something. What about or, a fellowship dinner on prayer meeting night at six, and, and, and maybe it wow. What if your class, Gail said, what if your class has a fellowship, your class has a fellowship meal before prayer meeting, you don't even have to invite the rest of them. If they want to come, they want their class wants to do it, you do too. But that's one way to get people, that would have a dual purpose. If you have food, they will come. <laughs> and it will possibly increase, bring people to prayer meeting that who have not gone before. It's kind of sad at an unnamed church, the, they have a very active Pathfinder club, and before the camp out, you will have a whole bunch of, you'll have, they have 30 or 40 kids in the Pathfinder club. Their parents come to, on Wednesday night and bring their tents and their sleeping bags, and yet none of them come to prayer meeting. They're outside in the parking lot and they don't even come into the church while we're having prayer meeting. They're that close. They're in the parking lot, but they don't come to prayer meeting. But 
to take that on a positive, you invite them to a, a fellowship meal. Our class is having, it's our class, and we want you to come, and what are you going to bring, and, and whatever, organize it, and have them come down, and, and we'll have prayer meeting. Something might happen. We're doing this for the fellowship of the class, and you may get a spiritual benefit out of it for that. They may start, oh, prayer meeting. I've never been to prayer meeting. Well, nobody's really asked me personally to go to prayer meeting. What are you going to do about it? It's a call to action. Are you, and then, this, this is a Janet question. Are you going to do this by yourself? No. Absolutely not. Why should you do it by yourself? And if you do it by yourself, who gets the benefit? Probably you. Does anybody else get the blessing of participating if you do all the work? No. You, but if you don't cast a vision, your job is to cast the vision. Your idea is, is to come up with the idea to go to the, to, to the ABC and pick up Dorothy Watts' book, or to, you've, got, you've got Janet's telephone number. What other excuse do you have, right? What are you going to do about it? If you do nothing, uh, uh, Albert Einstein has been assigned the, the saying as doing the same thing and expect stupidity or insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different results. Yes, Ray. Okay. Well, you know, it, it, and Ray's saying if you want to get something done, do it yourself. But I think that if you want to have a, a vision, you got to do it yourself. But it's part I'm of mentoring. It's part of mentoring. Exactly. And you know what I've learned? You know what? I, I'm trying to separate some things. They, but I'm not to, to not to identify people, but um, people said volunteers can't be trusted. They can be trusted if, if, if you work with them right. If you set the right goal, the expectations, and you invest in them, and you reward them, uh, volunteers can sometimes be more reliable than paid employees. It's really up to you. It's up to you how you handle your volunteers. Do you appreciate them? Do you empower them? Yeah, there's a big difference in empowering or controlling them. Because there can be, you know, you get volunteers involved. It might be a little bit different outcome than you thought, but... You may be better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I actually, I celebrate and I pray, I spend more time in encouraging and praising and trying to get further and further from the front line. But I am still still the leader. I still cast the vision. I still, I will step up when the class is out of control. But I invest on the front end. I hover until I'm ready to let them leave the nest. And then after they leave the nest, I do occasional trust but verify. I have people do things I, and this is how I learned it. I'm a Seventh-day Adventist Sabbath keeper, and I never went to work one day in the 12 years that I was school chair at ITT, and yet they had Sunday, they had school on Saturday, and I was responsible for people I could not see. 
and I would not be there. You've got to invest with them five days a week so you can trust them on Saturday. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. I didn't make the schedule. I didn't, I didn't say they had to have school on Saturday. They, I went to work before they had Saturday classes, and they imposed that onto me and whatever. But I trained them well enough, and I, I read the student surveys. Hey, if a teacher does something wrong, you usually hear about it. Okay? And I actually managed people for multiple years absent from being with them. It was a great learning lesson. If you develop your people right, you do not have to be there. Okay? And so what I'm saying is, train your volunteers. Don't do it by yourself. If you do, you will not do it for very long. Okay? It's an attitude. Thank you, Ray. Look, so don't train your volunteers by yourself. You enlist gauge some other leaders who have different skills. You're, you're, you're taking and expand it beyond whatever I said, and I agree with you. I totally agree with you. I totally agree, Gail. Yes, that's, that's a corollary to what I'm saying. It's don't do this all yourself. Incorporate other people. Uh, my wife, Brenda, um, part of her success in the multi-grade classroom is she includes everybody. She had a dysfunctional class. It was out of control. She took it, uh, I'm talking about in Battle Creek many years ago. She came in the middle of the year and the teacher quit. And they had her come in. It wasn't an easy situation. It was, it was pro in the elementary level, it was probably the, gr the class of greatest concern. And what she did is she included every parent, every pastor, and everybody knew what needed to be done and she incorporated him, and she did not do it by self. Did she cast the vision? Did she, keep, she have leadership of that? Absolutely. But did she do it by herself? Absolutely not. In the last year of school year at, at Cadillac, she included a huge amount of people, and she loved them and, and gave them affirmation, and some of the people are the happiest they have been in years, and they've been in the same school doing the same thing as support staff. It was their most, their happiest year. You don't have to do it by yourself, but you have to ask, and you have to invest, and you have to nurture and help them get to that place. How are you going to engage others to help? And, and that's, what, that's your homework. How are you going to get more people? It can be done. You just got to believe it, and you have to work towards that. Does your class, uh, what does your class do after class? Workshop applications? Oh, I know, this was going to be an activity we were going to do. We were actually going to do it on a board, but uh, the, we ran out of time doing other important things. But uh, what I was thinking about doing is, is what do you do after, what do you do outside of Sabbath school class? Maybe put that on one board and then, um, other things that you can do, uh, what, what you need or such. What have I done? What, uh, what have I seen done or what I've heard? That would be one board. Another board is uh, what could, could be done. 
And then you write for a piece of paper for yourself, this is what I'm planning to do in my class in the future. I'm going to give you one other thing to share with you, and then we'll, we'll leave. I have to do a recording at, at 11 o'clock. But this is COS. Brenda learned this in, in the class. It's change of state. And how you keep the attention of your class. When, I, when you do something different, when he threw the baton across the, from the platform, that changed state. It changed. All of a sudden, when you do something like that, what did everybody's attention do? It peaked. And then it lags off like this. Now, if you only do one of those during a class period, you get one thing and then it comes down. But if you insert another peak activity, it drifts off. And another one. And then if you do this, what if, if you only do one or two, your average is here. But as you add more and more change of it, you get more people involved, your average and your valleys get lower. They actually go up. What's Change of state. You do something different. You have somebody else talk. You give a question. You show a video. You show a picture. Throw a baton. Throw a baton, yes. <laughs> the other thing is evaluate, evaluate, evaluate. And I, I mentioned this either. Go back and look at how you're doing. Are you touching the generations? Are you using different teaching methods? Sometimes you need to evaluate yourself in order to do anything different. Well, that kind of concludes what we're doing. It's into summary for tomorrow's class. But I hope that we had a chance to talk about some things. And thank you so much for, for being here. It's been a blessing to work with you. And, and each class is different. This is, class is different than it was four years ago. You're welcome. This Thank you, Jack. Amen. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Our great Heavenly Father, um, again, uh, at times we, we've got problems that we probably wouldn't be here if we didn't have some problems. But Lord, uh, we're willing to work on them, we're willing to look at these, and sometimes. These, pro these bring up uh, our weaknesses. But, you know, Lord, I'm going to pick up on Janet. She, she, she doesn't feel comfortable being up front, but she takes that and turns that into a, that quote-unquote weakness or uncomfort level into a strength. And dear Lord, um, we have uncomfort levels all over the place. But Lord, uh, with you, there's no problem too great that cannot be solved. And Lord, um, it might be us that can are the one who is appointed. Maybe the more qualified people are not willing, and so it's only the willing that gets qualified. But Lord, here we are. Use us as you see fit. Lord, if we're supposed to put more interesting, we're, we're more, more dynamic, we're to, we've, we've seen how we've got to go to different learners, learning styles, different age groups, and participating, not participating. But Lord, uh, you will show us the way if we are willing to do your work because you love those people. And Lord, you don't want them to stay in their state of Laodicea, non-participating, 
in the famine in the land. But uh, Lord, help us to be the dew. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.